1: Welcome, everyone to dishing up nutrition i'm Darlene Cavis, licensed nutritionist and dishing up nutrition is brought to you each week by nutritional weight and wellness. Now, if you or your friend or your daughter, and some of us could even say granddaughter <laughs> has polycystic ovarian syndrome, then you're going to want to stay tuned this morning because we're breaking it down We're breaking down the terms, the cause. And Suggesting Solutions. And joining us as our co-host is Anna Derhock. Good morning. Good morning. She's a licensed nutritionist. And besides being a proud mom of three young children, Mm -hmm. Anna, at the age of 28, just a baby, (laughs) has completed her bachelor's degree in nutrition, her master's degree in nutrition, and she's worked for Nutritional Weight and Wellness over five years, And you have three children? Mm -hmm. My gosh, you're a busy lady. Very busy. And she sees, you know, right now she sees clients at our St. Paul office. She has some evening hours, some even Saturday appointment hours available. And so welcome, Anna. You know, Mm. we have a real complex topic this morning, don't we? Yes. Polycystic ovarian syndrome, or some people call it PCOS. Yes. But before we get started, Anna... (laughs) Did you happen to hear about the new study that was reported at the American Stroke Association? It was just came out a couple of days ago.: No, Telestar. OK, people, this is what the study said: People who drank even one diet soda per day had a 61 percent higher risk of having a stroke, a stroke than mm-hmm. those who don't drink soda. And in the study they had over twenty five hundred people in the study. So study. it wasn't like five people, it was right. twenty five hundred people. Right. That's that is
0: impressive. And we're you know, we're not sure that the diet soda, when we look at the study, we're not sure that the diet soda caused the stroke. But right. we know diet soda isn't good for us. Yes. And when we factor in a lot of the things that people who Tend to drink diet soda, do and as well as eat how they eat um, or how they've been taught to eat, um, that can actually cause the body to break down itself and increase inflammation. And so, when you look at the study, and I've you know, th- going through my master's program, I, I learned how to kind of dissect research to know if it's actually good research. Okay, um, and um, there are definitely other factors that can be involved um, with the diet soda drinking, but. Yes. It's still terrible for you, so we don't condone it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I understand, and I wasn't listening to it, but a couple of our staff people were listening to Ian Marjorie, yeah, uh, a couple of days ago, and they were talking about this study. Right. And apparently, there were they had a lot of people calling in, realizing, and they they also people were calling in realizing that diet soda soda is not good for our people, right? Right. But they were addicted to it. Yep. And we do have the magic formula to get off of diet soda, don't we? Yes, we do. It's called Crave Control. And yes. actually, it's something that I put together as a supplement many years ago. And it works beautifully for people to want to break that diet soda habit. Yes. But anyway, it's um, it just all this research is so interesting that comes out. It is fascinating.
0: So, And we've known it for a while that diet soda is not good or any soda. So. Yes, exactly. Um, but getting back to PCOS, yes. our topic today... Um, Over the past six to 10 years, it really seems as though we have another new epidemic. And it's one that causes infertility, facial hair, acne, male pattern baldness, weight gain, all types of menstrual problems. Um, And again, it's called
1: polycystic ovarian syndrome. So, you know, if you're listening today, hopefully (laughs) you're listening, pour yourself a cup of tea because we want to explain what is really happening to your body if you have PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome. Yes. And it's estimated that 10 to 20%, that's a lot of women, yep. today have PCOS. And, you know, honestly, 30 years ago, I never had even rare. heard the term. Yep. And it was so rare. Yep. But it's not rare today.
0: No. And I just started hearing about it in my undergrad when we, I did a research topic on it and it wasn't even oh. that common
1: yet. And that was,
0: what was that, eight years
1: ago? So, so I didn't realize that you had done research. Oh well, mm-hmm. good. I picked the right person. I, <laughs> you know, I picked you to be on this show because I knew it was going to be a tough topic. So. Right.
0: Yeah. And they and then there again they talked about the insulin factor and we'll t- get into that. So, mm-hmm. um, but it's I find it so interesting that there are these 10 year olds. Who talk about sex all the time and they know what that is? Yes, and which is scary. Yes, it <laughs> is. I didn't know what it was back then <laughs> at that age. But surprisingly, most women—and I was one of them—you know, a few years ago, I didn't know much about my hormones. Um, that they don't really understand how they make estrogen and progesterone, or even what these two hormones specifically do in our bodies. So we really wanted to help all women um,
1: of all ages understand a little bit more about their hormones. So really each month our ovaries produce an abundance of follicles. Mm-hmm. Which what are follicles? They are little pockets of tissue filled with fluid and hormones, mm. mostly estrogen. Yes. So these follicles or pockets are are actually they can be cysts also. They can, yep. Of course this is only happens I mean this really only happens if we have ovaries. Yep. <laughs> And if they're working. Yes. Which hopefully they are. <laughs> well, you know, by the time you get to... Oh, you know, well, yeah, like, right. Okay, Wait, after, okay. No. <laughs> At least after the age of 55, 60. Yes, okay. Yeah. You know. So. <laughs> so this usually happens somewhere between, you know, ages of 10 and 50 is when your ovaries are working. Pumping. Right. Yes. And they're producing these follicles and this estrogen and all that stuff. Yes. <laughs> we won't mention anybody else's age. <laughs> so usually
0: during normal times, one or two of these follicles grow stronger and produce an egg. And then when we ovulate, the egg in the dominant follicle, it actually pops out and flows into the fallopian tube to the uterus to be or not to be
1: fertilized. Yes, to be or not to be fertilized. So, yes, yes. Be be fertilized. <laughs> so with polycystic ovarian syndrome, alterations or mixed messages in a woman's hormonal pathways cause her ovaries to create an ex- excess amount of these follicles that f- mm-hmm. this is so interesting because yeah. i read this in many of the articles that i was when i was preparing for the show that it it forms like a pearl necklace on the ovaries yeah so you got all these little follicles with these little cysts and they look like pearl necklaces Mm -hmm. On your ovaries. Yes. Now, not one of these pockets of tissues or follicles becomes strong and dominant, Mm -hmm. so ovulation does, does not occur. Yeah. So these multiple ovarian cysts throw off the natural sequence of hormone production and function. With PCOS, the estrogen and androgens remain high and progesterone is not produced. Right. So we have an imbalance—too yep. much estrogen and androgen, and very little progesterone. Now, right. you know, I don't know. Do you think people all understood this whole process that happens? <laughs> you know, you—you you know, basically, your ovaries are thrown off. They don't produce because you're not having this dominant, uh, you know, well follicle, follicle, and so nothing happens, and so then you don't ovulate. Right, and then all this
0: estrogen starts to build up, but there's no progesterone to balance it out. Yes, exactly. So, um, so there are reasons why this happens, and but we're going to talk about the symptoms first. Um, usually, with PCOS, women have irregular, no periods, and that's where the um, that's where the estrogen starts to build up and androgens, and then they often experience infertility. And infertility comes with no progesterone is being produced. Exactly. You have to be able to produce estrogen, progesterone if you want to get pregnant. Um, And then they often experience facial hair, facial hair growth a lot of times around the chin, um, but it can be all over. Male pattern baldness. Um, Acne is often um, very present in these type of women um, and often weight gain, especially around the middle. So we're dealing with insulin resistance, which we're going to talk about in a little bit.
1: Um... But so there's a lot of issues going on here, isn't there, Dar? Well, I think, you know, one of the things that as you talk about this, Anna, like the the facial hair, you mm-hmm. know, and I think most women as they get older, they mm-hmm. realize that that's something that happens to a lot of women, yeah. you know. But this, we're not talking about older women. We're talking about women, women. that are in their 20s. Yep or even late teens, that this is happening to. Yep. And certainly it's happening to women in their 30s. Yep. So, and then, you know, male pattern baldness, this means the hair starts to thin on top. Yep. (laughs) Who wants that? I know, I don't. And then, you know, we hear this often. They they experience weight gain around the middle, and they work really hard, and they exercise a lot, and nothing happens. So... And so, what happens is maybe, maybe what should we, we should should yeah. we take a break? Yeah, okay, I think we should. All right, so we're going to take a
0: break, and then we'll come back to this um, wonderful subject. Um, but you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and we thought we would have a little fun at your fingernails. Did you know that the health of your fingernails often reflects your general health? So let's take a look at your nails and kind of how you can tell. If you have dark nails or thin, flat, spoon-shaped nails, you could have a vitamin B12 deficiency. So thin, flat, spoon-shaped nails could could mean or signify a vitamin B12 deficiency.
1: And we know that that is happening to a yes, lot of people. Yes, to a lot
0: of people. So if you have questions about PCOS, please give us a call at 651-641-1071. If you're like me, you try to eat right,
1: but the definition of healthy eating seems like a moving target. Should I eat low-carb or low-fat? Do eggs and butter raise my cholesterol? Is coffee good after all? Don't rely on sound bites and infomercials for something as important as your health. You deserve recommendations based on biochemistry. Nutritional Weight and Wellness is offering MyTalk 1071 listeners a complimentary e-newsletter that is chock full of nutrition information and tips. The Weight and Wellness Way newsletter provides sound information and practical strategies from a nutritionist's perspective learn a natural approach to healthy eating based on real whole foods you buy at the grocery store. All this and best of all it's free. To subscribe to the complimentary Weight and Wellness Way e-newsletter go to weightandwellness.com and enter your email address then watch your inbox every month for nutrition news and special offers that will help you look and feel your best. For information on other services at Nutritional Weight and Wellness call 651-699-3438 So let's continue to look at your nails to find other body signs. Mm. How many of you have nails that chip, peel, crack, and break easily? I know there's a few <laughs> of you out there. <laughs> you actually may have many deficiencies. For sure, you're no doubt lacking protein. You're mm-hmm. lacking protein. That's mm-hmm. pretty simple. Yep. And often many minerals. Yep. So, you know, like maybe you're lacking calcium, Maybe you're lacking magnesium, magnesium, zinc. In addition, you may be deficient in hydrochloric acid. And -hmm. you really can't digest animal protein to pull the minerals out of the protein, out out of the meat. So, you know, often using a digestive enzyme that we have, it's called orthodigest, because it contains just a little bit of hydrochloric acid. Mm -hmm. And then you'll be able to break down your meat and your fish and you'll be able to pull out the minerals and they'll go right directly into your nails. Yep.
0: <laughs> and I wanted to mention, too, another thing about when you have low HCL, a lot of times you don't feel like eating breakfast. Yes. So sometimes, you know, it, you just can't stand the thought of it. But if you, you know, get your digestive tract back on track and you might take an, you know, enzyme like this, it can actually help you eat better and feel
1: better. You know, and before on before we went on break, you were talking about B12 deficiency. Yes. Well, we know that you have to eat animal protein to make your B twelve, yep. but then you also need to have a little hydrochloric acid to get the B twelve too. Exactly. So it all it goes all together. It all's connected. And I love it. It's interesting. We make hydrochloric acid in our body naturally yep. when we eat meat. Yes. But if you quit eating meat for maybe a few months, or just maybe you know, so often don't you find that uh, when we're working, especially with women. Mm-hmm. That they'll come in and they may be eating three ounces of meat at night. Yep. Or even fish. I mean, when we say yeah. meat, we we mean, we mean all, eat, animal protein. Yeah, animal, yep. And that's all they're eating through the day because somehow they've gotten the message that that contains fat and then that would be bad for them. Yes. And that's <laughs> not true. Right. We probably need three ounces of meat, you know, five times a day. Yep. Exactly. To be healthy these days. Yep,
0: and that keeps our hydrochloric acid going so we can break down our meat and then we make have beautiful nails. Yes, and our B12 is fine. <laughs> <laughs> so before break, we were talking about um polycystic ovarian syndrome PCOS. And the symptoms are, Dar, you want to talk about some more symptoms? Well, or do you want me to contact yeah. kind of about the ones we first were talking about? Yeah, let's talk about okay. those because those are things that people can actually
1: see, on, see their on their
0: bodies. Okay, so a lot of times that you, you'll start to have um fa- facial hair grow um male and it's pat- often dark yes and it's dark like it's almost like you have to like some women shave their face yes it's sad but it, that's what how bad it gets um male pattern baldness starts to set in um, a lot of times you'll get the weight gain around the middle section um infertility so like no menstruation or very um, few periods you know three or four months in a, apart yes so those are
1: huge symptoms So often these same women have insulin resistance and that's, you know, that's a sign of that weight gain around the middle. They have high triglyceride numbers. Mm -hmm. You know, I was thinking about someone that when we talk about triglycerides and, you know, Angela, who teaches for us many classes and she at one time had been vegetarian Mm -hmm. and when she had her triglyceride level tested, it was over (laughs) 1100. And we think of what is normal.
0: What Normal, I mean, we want it to be f- between 50 and 100. Yes. Closer to 50 is
1: best. And so, <laughs> you know, when you have triglycerides, and that's kind of like you've got uh, sugar, fat in your bloodstream, mm-hmm. which is really a high risk of a stroke. Yes. I mean, that's high risk eating. And so, you know, and then as soon as she switched... And, and and Angela is a young person. Yeah, she's not she's not in the older category by any means. <laughs> so when she switched, you know, it was just within weeks yeah. that that dropped down under 200 and I think it was 150 and with just a matter of weeks yeah. when she switched her eating. So yeah. we can't affect that. Yes. You know, people have high h or LDL, yes. which is usually considered the more harmful LDL cholesterol. Mm-hmm. They have an increased risk of type 2 diabetes. And mm-hmm. interesting, even sometimes low bo- bone density. Yeah, and I wouldn't have even thought about that. But no, but, you know, sense. it's an indication that these people are eating too many, too much sugar, which is yep. leaching the, the minerals. minerals out of the bone. So it all connects. I know. The and, of course, if we're not making any progesterone in our body, it affects our bone density, yep. too. Exactly. People don't know that. No. Progesterone
0: actually builds bone. Yes. So... Yes, so we all learn something new every day. Um, So remember when everything is working right, the follicle pops, okay, releasing that egg, which sets up ovulation. And then the egg is either fertilized, as it was in (laughs) all three of my children. Um, (laughs) And you're happy about that. I'm happy about it. I love my children, (laughs) yes. They just weren't planned. Um, Or, (laughs) how can you plan, children? Or it is not, and then you have like a menstruation. So, and if it... But when it, but if it does not pop, then this the follicle becomes a cyst, and normal progesterone production doesn't occur. And that's again why people can't get it's really hard to get pregnant when you have this syndrome.:
1: So with the lack of progesterone, the ovaries produce more and more estrogen and androgens. Mm. And what causes this dysfunctional follicles that won't release the eggs? Well, you know, as I was doing my research, there were a lot of interesting theories. And perhaps it's the result of environmental pollutants. Right. You know, the chemicals that act like estrogens on the baby's developing tissue. So this happens as a fetus. Mm -hmm. And maybe these chemicals make the ovarian follicles dysfunctional. And actually unable to complete ovulation and manufacture sufficient amount of progesterone. isn't? I mean, it's yeah. kind of fascinating, isn't it? Yep. So even something that is happening as we are carrying a baby or, you know, the fetuses, if we are exposing them to a lot of chemical pollutants, yep. going back to the Diet Pop, well, I mean, but there's a lot uh-huh. of, you know, I I think about... People don't even realize that maybe if they're warming their food in plastic in the microwave, microwave, that they are getting a chemical pollutant, and that's that happens. I think a lot if you go across looking at what goes on at lunchtime in yes. many places it doesn't happen at our place. No,
0: but <laughs> not at all. But you think that's that's where we get? They're called um, John, Dr. John Lee calls them exenobiotics. Yes, yeah, and there's a ton of them. That, you know, could be named, but like, like Dar said, that plastic that you basically melt in yes. the the microwave can cause a lot of those issues in,
1: in a fetus. Yes. So. And I think also, you know, I, th- I think that's one of the reasons that we have had uh, Richard's uh, water yes. system at our St. Paul office for over, you know, almost 20 years yep. because it filters out all these all pollutants. And uh, it's, you know, quality water is so important. Yes. So.
0: Um, All right. So there are other factors that could contribute to dysfunctional follicles as well. Um, Stress actually can cause a lot of dysfunction in all all over our body, but it actually leads to the production of high cortisol levels by the adrenal glands and um, also lack of exercise and poor nutrition. You knew we were going to get to this this point. <laughs> but the biggest lifestyle contributor to PCOS is actually poor diet. Um, usually we find young women with PCOS tend to eat a lot more sugar and refined processed carbohydrates. And this can be, you know, college age, teenagers. Um, and they might have just been misinformed, but they're eating a lot of low-fat, fat-free things, which are just loaded with sugar. So,
1: Anna, before we go into poor Choices of eating habits. <laughs> let's let's talk just a little bit about, you know, stress and and the adrenal, you know, the cortisol production. Yeah, definitely. So we see that. I think, you know, when you hit college mm-hmm. and you're in that age of being able to maybe get PCOS mm-hmm. if you're not careful, um, you know, I think a lot of times that people are um they're not they're not sleeping nope. well. They're not eating well. They're uh drinking a lot of probably diet soda, stimulants, yeah. They do all those things and then suddenly what happens? They start to realize that they are gaining weight around the middle even though they don't want to be. Yep. Which is a sign of insulin resistance, isn't it? Yep. And then what happens is Pretty soon, they're maybe skipping a period here or there, and they think, well, that's okay. Right. (laughs) They like that. But but in the long run, that is not okay. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly, um, like you said, they've got uh, their adrenal glands, which sit on top of the kidneys, and they are actually producing too much cortisol, Mm -hmm. which is a a stress hormone. Yeah. And that's one of the factors that lead to that.
0: Yes. And cortisol actually, high cortisol levels actually raises the blood sugar. Exactly. And that's very bad in anything, but PCOS, it just fuels the fire. Yes. So that's that's one of the reasons why it's so bad. Stress is so bad for this type of syndrome. It can cause this type of syndrome. So... So, Anna, should we take a quick break before we start talking about food? Yes, because food is the most important thing. So um, you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and let's look at what your nails are saying. If you have ridges running up and down the nail, it actually can indicate a a tendency to develop arthritis. So maybe it is time to change your diet if you have ridges on your nails. And I know, too, that I've read research has shown that if you have... Um, different types of ridges, you can actually have an adrenal insufficiency as well, which again can lead to high cortisol levels. Exactly. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Give us a call, 651-641-1071. Well,
1: welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavist, licensed nutritionist, and I'm here with Anna Derhock, who is also a licensed nutritionist. And if you have polycystic ovarian syndrome or another chronic health problem or you just lack energy or you can't sleep or you're struggling with aches and pains or menopause I encourage you to make an individual nutrition appointment with one of the nutritionists or dietitians at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We even have appointments available on Saturday and many evenings. You know our classes are great. In fact, you know, we have, we're we teaching gut reaction in Apple Valley on Thursday, February 17th, and foods to build happy, focused kids on Thursday, February 17th in Fridley. But if you really have some health problems, I think it's it's better to get your own special nutrition recommendations for your health, mm-hmm. your health concerns. I mean, you know, these are things that are bothering you. You know, we're not a big food company selling processed foods. <laughs> you know, we're licensed and professional nutritionists that can teach you how to eat and feel better, and yes. that's what we're all about. Yes, and
0: we have we have colors? a color. Yes, okay. so we're going to take Julie. Good morning, Julie. Hi. Hi. Hi there. You had a question on PCOS. Yeah, I was just wondering how do you get diagnosed for it? Do you, do you go to a medical doctor or do you just know your symptoms?
1: Does, does that tell you whether you have it?
0: Um, usually, yeah, you, usually you would go into um, a medical clinic um, or a, like a hormone specialist, definitely, um, and they, like an endocrinologist, and they would be able to tell you. Um, but it, it does go a lot by um, some of the symptoms, but then they can also test what, what's a big factor is your glucose test, um, like a glucose tolerance test, um, high, if you have high blood sugars, um, and they also tend to test your insulin levels. Okay.
1: And you and, know, and, and also look at some of your symptoms. Yep, exactly. You know, if you have are, a are lot you, of the symptoms. Yeah, if you're having a lot of the symptoms. Okay. Yeah. But they can at least rule it out. Right. Okay. So yeah. are you experiencing some of these symptoms? Uh, no, I was just kind of wondering um, about my daughter. Yes. Okay. okay. Yep. I, you yeah. know, um, depending on how old she is, but, uh, you know, I would think that, you know, if she's, you know, does she does she see a family doctor or is she seeing a pediatrician yet? Um, it's still a pediatrician. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I would take her in and, and mm-hmm. you know, ask them to run some tests for, you know, the pediatrician would be able to help you out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then, you know, if it's a, if it's a diagnosis, then as we talk further today, you'll see some possibilities of what maybe she's eating that could be leading to it. Right. Uh-huh. So, okay? Yeah. Okay. So. All right. Thanks, That's Julie. good for your Thank you. Talk. Bye. 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 So, should we go... We yes. we were talking in terms of food <laughs> as one of the big factors in the cause of PCOS, weren't yeah. we? Yes. We were just going to start, talking, gonna about, start about, talking about it. So,
0: so what are the things? Well, um, well in general, because Dara's going to talk about more of them, but really refined processed carbohydrates. That's what really starts to tend to lead
1: the body into that syndrome, that PCOS syndrome. And it's, it's interesting. It's, it's too much of that processed carbs and too much sugar. Mm-hmm. And in today's society, it is so easy to get too much of it. Yeah. Definitely. So, you know, you, if you're listening out there, you might say, well, well, Why are high sugar foods, processed foods, such a problem for PCOS? You know, it's the cereals, Mm -hmm. the muffins, the bagels, the mochas, (laughs) the sodas, the pasta, the bread basket, (laughs) the crackers, the popcorn, the pizza. Mm -hmm. Pizza are all high in sugar and refined carbohydrates. And when I put that list together, I was just thinking of the things that I... Probably had some personal relationship with at one time in my life. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, well, we better talk about all those. <laughs> so what happens when you eat those things? It makes your blood sugar go up because they're all turn into sugar. You're really fast. And then you have too much insulin, don't you?
0: Yes. And the insulin, the, this excess insulin stimulates the ovaries to Produce large amounts of the male hormone called androgen, um, and these refined carbs lead to excess hair on the face, on the arms, legs, thin hair on the head, and even acne. Like I was talking about before, so it really gets gets down to the insulin factor. So,
1: Anna, let's put this in real terms. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you decide that you're going to have a mocha, yes, and a muffin for breakfast.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you've got the beginnings of PCOS. Mm-hmm. You may end up with excess hair on your face. Yep. Or you may end up with thinning hair.
0: Yes. Or, let's say you you you're strapped for time and you you know all you have is pasta in your in in the cupboard. Yes. Oh. And you make a big pasta, maybe spaghetti with some tomato sauce. Right. But no meat. I mean, that is a clear indication that you're going to increase that insulin and blood sugar and
1: your PCOS is going to get worse. So truly, uh, serving a pasta (laughs) is under a cup. Yep. It's actually half a cup. It's actually a half a cup. So it's very small. So it's a very small amount. And, oh, I mean, this is exactly what we hear a lot of times, that college students, Mm -hmm. because they're trying to cut back on the amount of money that they spend on food... Yep. They will start living on pasta and yes. tomato sauce because it's cheap. Or ramen noodles, even worse yet. Yes. And we know that pasta turns into sugar. We know that most inexpensive tomato sauces have, have added sugar. <laughs> yes. So it's sugar, 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 sugar. Yes. And it's, um, so, you know, we look at 50 years ago, mm-hmm. and I can even think back 50 yeah. years Easy. (laughs) The average person ate one pound of sugar in a year. Mm. And, you know, today the average teenager eats at least one pound of sugar each week.
0: That is amazing. I mean, that can you imagine spooning a pound of
1: sugar in your mouth over a week? Yeah. We have 52 weeks, so that's like 52 (laughs) pounds. Yeah. And we read all the time it's 53 pounds of sugar a year. Yep. So what turns into sugar? Potato chips, corn chips, white rice, mm-hmm. cookies, fruit juice. Yes. Oh, I mean this is Very you know that people are eating drinking lot not four ounces, they're drinking twenty ounces yeah. of fruit juice. Easily. And these are all high in refined carbohydrates, which really it's almost like spooning sugar into your body. Yes. Yep. As far as what it does to your body yep. and how it reacts into your body. And a lot of those things, are there's not even that many nutrients
0: in there. So there's, they're almost, I think of them as empty calories, like drinking alcohol. Yeah. They really are. Exactly. So um, so it really makes sense to treat PCOS or to even prevent it by reducing the amount of carbohydrates eaten throughout the day. Um, because insulin production is thrown off by insulin resistance, the conversion of food to energy is impaired, and there is an increase in the amount of stored fat. So that's why we start to build it around the middle.
1: So, Anna, should we yes. take a, a should we take collar? a quick? Yeah, oh, yeah, go. we
0: have a caller. I'm sorry, Tammy. <laughs> Tammy, you're on line one. Do you have a question about PCOS? Yeah, I do. Good. Go ahead.
1: Um, I was wondering if you can have polycystic ovaries without having actual polycystic ovarian syndrome. No, they're, you know, actually they're the same in this, they're basically the same term. Because I have polycystic ovaries, but my, um I see a fertility doctor mm-hmm. and he says that I don't have this syndrome because I'm not overweight and I don't. You don't have all the symptoms. Right. Right. But when, you, when you're actually, you know, as far as we understand, it's basically the same you know, but, you know, t- yeah, it's the same. And actually, as I was looking at research and, and putting the show together, sometimes they they called it syndrome and and sometimes they didn't. So yeah. I think it's just what is happening in your body is okay, mainly so if, you, if you do change the way that you eat. Can that help with fertility? Yes. You've been trying For like two and a half years now. Yes, it can. Yep and we have worked with many many people yep. and if people are willing they've got to be willing to yep. change the way they're eating yep. then it makes a huge difference yep yes okay, that's what we're thank you for the call because yes, that's what Tammy. we're trying to tell people yep. if right. you don't have to go down that road of infertility or you don't have to have all these other symptoms if you're willing to change the way you eat yep yep Okay, thank you. Thank Thanks you. Jamie. You know, that's. I'm glad she called because um, people just think they have these conditions and they don't realize right. the power or the impact of food and what they're putting in their mouth. Right. And, and let's just, you know, before we go back to this, yeah. we were talking before the show, we were talking about kind of how we are eating these days. Yes. And <laughs> not that we ever eat Poorly. I mean, we do. But I know for myself, what I have been doing is basically I eat healthy meat from grass-fed animals. Mm -hmm. I eat lots and lots of vegetables. And I eat healthy fat, like, you know, some nuts. I eat some olive oil. I eat some coconut oil. Mm -hmm. And that's basically, and I don't drink pop and I don't do all those other things. Mm -hmm. And are you kind of doing the same thing? Yes. I'm doing it for my son, but I feel so good.
0: I'm like... Why didn't I just, you know, start... and why are
1: you doing this for your son? Explain this to listeners a okay, little bit. Okay,
0: so my my son is 7 months old and and I nurse him. So, um, he has he had really bad eczema um starting in about 4 months and so what I did is I started taking out the dairy, which is a huge culprit, and then I took out gluten, and then I took out eggs and I found out that he is highly allergic to eggs, highly highly sensitive to dairy um and and I just kept the gluten out because it, it probably isn't helping. Um, and, he, and he, you know, he's thriving. It's t- almost totally gone, just a teeny bit. And I feel wonderful. So I probably will never go back to eating dairy. Um, <laughs> I love eggs. so I do fine with eggs. But, I mean, yes. you know, it's, it's definitely those, they're just t- those foods just tend to be inflammatory. And I can feel it in my, in my gut. I'm bloated all the time. And um, so I have way more energy. So it's just, I mean, a factor and it, of, and it isn't that
1: hard. No, once you put
0: your mind to it, you're yes. like,
1: I don't even miss it. Yes. So, and you do, you feel sharper. Yep. And you feel less inflamed. Yep. So you can work out, you can do kettlebell bells, and you don't get inflamed yes. afterwards. Yes. Cool. I love it. <laughs> so, so we should take another yes, break. Yes, we should it.
0: take another break. Um, you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and again, do you have nails that curve down on the ends? This is actually or could be a sign that you have a heart, liver, or respiratory problem. So look at your nails, check them out, see if they're healthy. Um, and if you have questions about any of our classes, 651-699-3438, or go to our website at www.weightandwellness.com and give us a call if you have another question. Thank you.
1: So welcome back to Vision of Nutrition. You know, be sure to tune in next week to hear Kate and Cara talk about sleep, And how poor sleep habits lead to poor health. Yes. And they are experts in that area. Yes. So we've all dealt with it. Back to PCOS. Yes. So
0: back to PCOS. Okay. So getting back to those refined carbohydrates and why they're not so good for the whole syndrome and even um, in general. So by reducing the amount of carbohydrates you eat throughout the day, you're, you're also going to be reducing your insulin levels and your blood sugar levels. Insulin production throws off, is is thrown off by insulin resistance. So that's when you, you have more, the weight gain around the middle, um, y- your cells become desensitized to insulin um, and the conversion of food to energy is impaired. And this is when um the increased amount of sugar turns into fat around the middle. And so then you get it to store it. Yes, and we don't want to store fat. (laughs) We want to use it for energy. Um, And then glucose can't enter the cells effectively. It remains in the bloodstream, which causes these elevated blood sugars. And then it is sent to the liver where it is converted to fat and stored throughout the body. And we see it most readily around the the waist and sometimes around the hips and thighs. But again, it's mostly around the waist. Um, So, I mean, it's... It's a bad combination. It can lead to type two diabetes further down the road.
1: Yes. We don't want it to happen like that. So So when the body takes in food, when your body takes in food, it has a choice to burn those calories for energy mm-hmm. or convert them into fat and store them. So <laughs> with PCOS, insulin resistance actually encourages the storage of fat. Mm-hmm. And the production of too much. Of the male hormone, androgen, and actually too much estrogen. Yep, exactly. And we know that estrogen can make
0: us more vulnerable to store fat as well. Yes. So what can you do if you have PCOS? When we are working individually with clients, our first recommendation is to eliminate all processed carbohydrates. You just got to get rid of them. It's so important. Start eating the real foods like me and Dara were talking about. Eat those good animal proteins, grass-fed if you can afford it, vegetables, and healthy fats. And it's so important to reduce the insulin re- re- resistance, um, so that you can actually start using that glucose that you're taking in from those other things as energy.
1: So you know, it, it, Anna, just before, let's yeah, you know, when you have insulin resistance on your cells, you actually have a little coating yes. on your receptor. -hmm. So that the insulin can't push the sugar in or the glucose in, and so then you then it floats around and it gets stored as fat, or and you have less energy.
0: Yep, and so then you're constantly looking for pick me up, and again it just
1: fuels the flame, which is pick me up is usually
0: caffeine, caffeine and and sugar sugar. exactly. So anyway, so if the so we want to eat. A lower carbohydrate diet. We don't have to eat, you know, no carbs at all. But so the glucose can be accepted again into the, those cells. So the receptor says, "Oh, insulin's here with sugar. I'm going to open up." Yes. Um, and it, you know, it can, f- and it, and there's less floating around the bloodstream. So it, it, you know, there's less likelihood of causing artery damage and inflammation, all that stuff. Um, and this takes a very structured plan. It's um,
1: very it, structured. It
0: is. It's very structured, and it and really for the best results, um, the bad carbohydrates have to be out of you know out of your diet. Um, and I find it works the best if I can see the client every two to three weeks just to keep them on track because a yes. lot of people have never eaten like this, and it it takes discipline. It really does. It's not it's not a terrible way of eating, and it's there's a lot of variety, but it still takes discipline. It does take so, discipline. Um, so just giving you the education and the sport, that's why we do it. Um, and often these clients can be college age and, you know, it's hard to follow a low-carbohydrate diet on a campus. It really yes. is.
1: I mean, it's hard at any age, but yep. I think it's particularly difficult when people are in college. Living you know, on dorm food. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, so in addition to following a stru- strict, structured eating plan, you know, adding some supplements help. Mm-hmm. Adding essential fatty acids. And we've talked about omega-3 fish oil a lot because mm-hmm. that opens up the receptors so that they work better. Yes. And then one other one that we use quite often is an activated omega-6 called GLA mm-hmm. or gamma-linolenic acid. Yep. And that comes in a form of borage oil or evening primrose oil. And that actually supports how the ovaries function. Yep. And that's the fatty acid. I always tell clients, that's the fatty acid that our ovaries need to work right. Yep. And people are lacking in it.
0: Yep. And due to the lack of ovulation, the progesterone levels drop. And, and a lot of times supplementing with just a quarter teaspoon of natural progesterone cream from Wild Yams actually helps to regulate the cycle, get you back on track so you're ovulating. Um, it also aids sleep and supports good moods. So it's
1: kind of a win-win for everyone. So, and again, it's just a natural, it's not artificial. mm -mm. You know, I find it usually is necessary to reduce the excess levels of estrogen and androgen in people's bodies. And uh, honestly, a very effective supplement to help the liver detox these estrogens and androgens that I use with clients is a product that Metagenics makes Mm -hmm. and it's called EstroFactors and it does work very well. Yep
0: and i 've taken estrofactors on and off throughout my after my pregnancies, just to get my body back on track so and
1: it's like you take one with each meal, yep, and it just supports your liver's ability to get rid of these they 're not good estrogens they 're usually kind of negative estrogens, yeah. and then of course, you want to get rid of all those, those negative androgens, <laughs> androgens. yes. Mm-hmm.
0: So helping young women rebalance hormones takes months, um, and it's you know it's you're you're going to have to constantly follow a balanced eating plan, low in processed foods, um, and it is definitely possible to lower estrogen and androgen levels, um, which will help reduce those ovarian cysts and help you get back on track so you can ovulate and eventually get pregnant.
1: And and you then you get rid of the insulin resistance. Yep. And um you know the the androgen, the hair growth, the chin growth stops and you know you start to you your thinning hair returns yep. and you start to have um you know your know, body co- gets back but it does take yes. a very structured eating plan. Yes. So we had a caller and she asked us her iron level is down and she was wondering what should she eat to increase your iron iron level well I think uh, grass-fed meat uh, grass-fed beef is an excellent way to do that um, and and you know increase that amount of protein through the day so that you can build up your iron stores now it could be that she is lacking hydrochloric acid exactly so that she is not accessing the iron from those meats that she's eating.
0: Right. So it could be a possibility of eating more of that grass-fed beef, but also
1: getting that, an enzyme with HCL in it. And thank you for listening today. Thank you, guys. Thank
0: you, Anna. Thanks, Dar.